Thank you all. Y'all looking good. Amen. Open your Bibles, if you would, to Hebrews chapter 13, verse 2. I think this subject matter is going to very much interest you. Um, how many believe in angels? Ten of you. That's good. You know, it is, it's actually in your Bible, and they're actually in this room right now, and you're at fault because you brought them. Praise God. Um, from Passover to Pentecost, we just had Passover two weeks ago, and um, about a week and a half ago. And we see that there's, scripturally speaking, that there's an increase or a heightened amount of activity, angelic activity that happens on the earth. Obviously, it's always happening in heaven. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll see that in just a moment. But we see that when Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane asking his disciples to pray with him because he knows he's about to go through his passion. He's about to go through a terrible scourging, terrible death, crucifixion. He's going to have the sin of the world heaped upon him. It's going to be agonizing. He's going to be separated from his father. He's in need of help. He's overwhelmed. In fact, he said, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. In order for his will to be accomplished through Jesus, he was going to need to be strengthened. He prayed for that. The Bible says that God, well, it didn't say that God sent an angel, but he sent an angel. And an angel was there with Jesus to strengthen him in his hour of his greatest need. That would be considered a Passover angel. When you look back over scripture, you'll see that there's a release of, of angels since the time of Moses in Egypt and during the time of Passover. And then you see this, this sort of synergy or, uh, you know, this, um, um, how would I put it, like this um, organized event, if you will, of how it, it begins to display itself, this angelic activity from the time of Passover to Pentecost. Pentecost just means 50. It's 50 days from the time of Passover. It's the time of feasts during, during of which people would get together in Jerusalem and they would come before the Lord three times a year. It'd be Passover, Pentecost, and atonement. And Pentecost being 50 was just 50 days later, but that was a time that Jesus said, go into Jerusalem, tarry there. And when you have tarried there, um, the promise that I promised you is going to come. So the Holy Spirit fell upon the 120 in the upper room on the day of Pentecost, 50 days later. And then you see this miracle working power that was released all throughout Jerusalem uh, and throughout the, really that whole known region and world at that time. You can study that for yourself in the book of Acts. But Hebrews 13, verse 2 says, do not forget to entertain strangers. Treat people that you don't know right. Entertain them like you know them, for by so doing, some have unwittingly entertained angels. Another translation says, when you do this, you treat strangers right. You don't know who they are. They could be angels unaware that you're actually treating right or treating wrong. That will help you when you're driving in traffic. Come on, somebody, tomorrow. During rush hour, praise the Lord. And what is it that six o'clock in the morning is the fastest time on the road? People will kill you to get ahead of you at six o'clock in the morning. But why? Because usually we're driving a little bit late. But the fact of the matter is, you don't know. Could be an angel unaware. The title of my message this morning is God's Heavenly Host. Father, we thank you so very much for your word. Let it be so in our lives, we pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Anoint me, Lord God, as I teach and preach to your people that we may receive and do in Jesus' name. And the church said amen. From the very beginning of Jesus' birth, we uh, see that angels play a major role from the appearance uh, of these 
a heavenly host, a mighty number of angels appeared to shepherds in the field, explaining about the Messiah had been born in the earth. Um, so we see that even before um, Jesus is on the earth, there's a this slew of activity of angels and then appearing here and there. And then, of course, we see an angel appears to Mary, explains to Mary what's about to happen to her, that the Spirit of God is going to overshadow her, and she's going to become pregnant with the Son of God, and how he was going to be, what his name would be called, who he would be to his people. And she's a teenager, by the way, some of the age of maybe 17 years of, of age. And so, and so she has to be reassured, obviously, of what's happening. So God sends an angel during that time also to her, her husband or to be betrothed to her by the name of Joseph. He also has an angel that appears to him. And, and so uh, why? Because he's going to be the father of the Son of God. And so these were things that were going to need to be, had like God's stamp of approval on it. Zechariah, who's the high priest of the land during that time. Zechariah is doing what? Zechariah is being visited by an angel. First, he didn't believe an angel visited, touched his mouth. He couldn't speak for many days because he didn't believe that his wife could be pregnant. And of course, she was with who? John the Baptist, right? He would become the greatest prophet known to mankind according to Jesus at that time. And so um, an angel appeared then during, during that season. Um, and of course, even Herod, the time of Herod, he was also touched by an angel. Uh, how many knows that didn't turn out so well for him? He was, the Bible said the angel came and slew him and he was, he was, he was killed because of his... Um, uh, the Bible said because he received himself to be a God and um, he, he made sure that he received that praise and that worship of being a God in that moment he was, he was cut down. Um, there are nine types of angels that we see in scripture. Number one is called the seraphim, or the seraphim. And you can also call them the seraph if they were in a, sing, a singular being. These angels seem to be the, the closest to God. They praise God and represent his love. They are on, there are only four of them that we see in scripture. Their primary mission is to protect the throne of God day and night. So get a picture that God creates angels um, that are just so mighty and so um, um, extraordinarily um, unique. And their primary mission was to protect God, to make sure that he was protected in heaven. Now this, we don't know when they were created, it could have been after the fall of Lucifer, carrying a third of the stars with him, the angels that fell with him, and they could have, he could have created these beings to protect his throne during that time. We're not sure, but this is what their responsibility is. And in fact, Isaiah 6, verse 2 records them, and it says, above it or before the, above the throne stood seraphim. Each one had six wings. With two, uh, he covered his face. With two, he covered his feet. And with two, he flew. So six wings on these, these seraphim, pretty powerful creatures. Number two, the second kind of angel we see is a cherubim. Now the singular term for this, these beings would be cherubs. These are not little fat babies with diapers, come on somebody, and arrows trying to connect people together in love. That's not what that is. These angels are the second highest in the ninth. I'm gonna switch to the other mic because we're having troubles with this one and I don't want to pop the whole time. There we go. Checking one, two, breaker one, nine, good buddy. All right, we're there. There are intercessors. These angels are intercessors of God, meaning they intercede on behalf of God. Their mission is also to protect the throne of God as well. They are very, very fierce creatures, uh, these cherubim. Uh, they are not weaponized. They are the weapon. This is what God made as a weapon. 
Um, when they come to earth, they have great power of apocalyptic nature. They have four faces, one of a man, one of an ox, one of an eagle, and one of a lion. Matter of fact, I thought about doing it today. I should have remembered. Um, I would have brought the pictures, but you can go online. You can Google it, and you can look up. I don't know what you look up, but put in there the search um, um, AI angels. And what this guy did was he, he actually takes the scriptures, he takes the scriptures and he actually feeds them into the into artificial intelligence and it pops out these pictures and they are, in my opinion, amazing. They look like paintings of what they, these angels or creatures could actually possibly look like. They are fierce. They are mighty. Think of a, they have four different faces, a man, an ox, an eagle, and a lion. Genesis 3.24 speaks of one and says, so he drove out the man, talking about Adam and Eve, and he placed cherubim at the east of the garden of Eden and a flaming sword, which turned every way. So it was a particular type of a moving sword of some kind um, <clears throat> to guard the way to the tree of life. So God said, when I'm protecting my tree, I'm sending my cherubim. Just like I protect my throne, I'm going to protect this tree. And if you study Ezekiel chapter 10, it has a tremendous depiction of cherubim. You can read it from, I think it's verses 1 to 22. You can read about them and what they would have been like um, and, and described in the scriptures. Number three type of angels are thrones. They're actually called thrones. Uh, if you go to Colossians chapter 1, turn over there with me, Colossians chapter 1. Um, you, we will re, we'll read from there. But these, these next five uh, types of angels that I'm going to give you are found here, I should say next four, are found here in the book of Colossians. And it says in Colossians 1.16, for by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible. God makes things invisible. They're not invisible, but just to us in this dimension in our world, but they're real whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. There they are. Thrones, dominions, principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. These would be the next four we're going to deal with. Their, their, their name literally means, this name really means the uh, throne. Um, when it talks about the thrones, it's talking about this, the, the, the name of the creature or the beings or the entities called throne or highly un, uh, ornamented, ornamented rather chair, ornamented chair. Some theologians connect them to Ezekiel's vision and describe them as actually being the chariots of God with glowing wheels, which we find in the book of Ezekiel, covered with many eyes, dispensing God's judgment and carrying out his desires. So we, it carries this idea that God's throne, when he comes to earth, is like a chariot. He sits upon it, and he goes and rides throughout the world, the earth, if you will, with these glowing wheels, if you could see it in the spirit with many eyes. Crazy stuff, but this is the stuff that God likes to make. Matter, matter of fact, just go into the ocean. There's crazy stuff in the ocean. God made all that. These, these angels um, called thrones dispense God's divine judgment. So when God begins to judge the earth or judge things in the earth or, or individuals, he will use this. The lower hierarchies of angels need the thrones to gain access to God. He designed it in that way. Um, number four. We also see there in Colossians, the, this, the angels called dominions, dominions. These are the angels of leadership, regulating the duties of the angels. So you can see it almost like a, uh, an army. In fact, if you read the scriptures in the Old Testament, uh, they're called the angel armies of God, or heavenly hosts is what that means, an army of God. Everybody say army. 
So everything we get on earth is a copycat of what's been done in heaven. But in fact, this is God's army. This is what he uses. I don't know if there's branches of the military like we have, but it's just his, his protection that he carries in the earth and for himself. These are the angels of leadership, but they, they're also those that, the ones that give power to the heads of government and other authority figures. They have the appearance of human beings, uh, according to scripture. They exist in a state of transition between the celestial realm and human worlds. So uh, they come from that world into ours. They strike a balance between matter and spirit and good and bad. So they strike a balance between the, the spirit world and the natural substance of this world and also what is good and what is bad. Number five, kind of spirit or angels there, there are, are these angels called virtues or authorities. And we find it in 1 Peter chapter 3, 22. 1 Peter 3, 22, which says, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God, angels and authorities and powers having been made subject to us. That word authority, again, is virtues, a type of angel. These angels are known as the spirits of motion and they control the elements. They govern all, nat all natural things, all nature, and perform miracles. They convert the supernatural into the natural world. It is believed that two angels that were, that were with Jesus at the very end when he's saying, lo, I'll be with you always, even to the ends of the earth. Uh, there, are, there are theologians that believe that those angels that were with Jesus were in fact these kinds of angels, dominions, because they were able to convert from the natural world into the spirit world. We brought Jesus who had a natural glorified body into the spirit realm or dimension. Okay, and um, we, we see that in the scriptures, of course, and we think, well, how is that done? God uses angels to convert that or to help with that. Um, six, um, we see another type of angels called powers. And these angels have the task of controlling the border between heaven and earth. So Jesus prayed, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Of course, we know it's a prayer. We know what that, that's talking about the will of God being done on earth, but God uses those heavenly angels, powers, it could be here, uh, to help perform God's will from earth, from heaven rather, to the earth realm, right? So this is what they do. They, can, they, they run the borders. They make sure, and by the way, you know, God has a wall, a whole wall around his heaven. Amen, somebody. It's not to keep things from going out. It's to keep things from coming in. And God created that wall. He actually talks about it. There are 12 gates to this wall, 12 pearl, like what we call them the pearly gates, right, that are in this wall. And so uh, it's okay to be, have things protected. Well, God uses, he, he uses angels like a wall of protection. Um, uh, let's see, they're, they're, these kind of angels, these dominions are warring angels who fight against evil. Uh, they are the angels of birth and death. Number seven are principalities. You might be more familiar with that. Um, principalities, these angels look over groups of people. Um, they're regional. They uh, have control of, of areas. Uh, there are dark principalities that need to be brought down. We bring them down in the name of Jesus, right? And so they, the Bible talks about going into the high places. It doesn't mean we go to the highest place in Milwaukee and that's where they live. This is, this is talking about a spiritual dimension, right? And they rule from these places. In fact, there's a first heaven, which is the atmospheric heaven that we see, the firmament. Then we go to the second heaven, which is the spiritual realm. And the third heaven is where God 
dwells. God lives, right? We got that. We get that scripture. It's real easy to note, note because Daniel, he begins to pray. He doesn't know he's praying for 21 days. He doesn't know he's on the 21-day Daniel fast. Come on, somebody. He's just praying and fasting. And as he's doing that, he get, gets a breakthrough. And the angel shows up to him and says to him, Gabriel says to him, he says, from the moment you prayed, God heard your prayer. He sent me. I was on my way, but I was buffeted. I was caught in warfare so much in the second heaven that I had to call Michael down for backup to get me through just to get to you, one person. What will God do? He'll move heaven and earth just for you who will pray in faith. Somebody say amen. And so he had to go through the second heaven to get to you. So we know that, that's, that this is where the enemy's kingdom is to try to rule over mankind. But God still has the plan. He stole everything from God. These principalities, they, they are uh, those that are over particular groups and areas. They are in charge of the world's nations, cities, and towns, and they are territorial. They, they, their duties include taking charge of religion, politics, and the duties of the angels on earth that are below them, and, and, and talking about in, in rank. And so this is their, their authority. Number eight are archangels. I'm sure you're familiar with that as well. We see this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 16. One of them, of course. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel. Everybody say archangel. And with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. So we see it mentioned in the Old Testament. We see it mentioned in the New. This angel is the chief angel, uh, guardian of people and all things that are physical. The archangels appear only in human form and, and have the task of being God's messenger to people at critical times of need. They are mighty warriors that carry out unique warfare tactics for God. So again, uh, Gabriel's coming, he's got to fight. But then he's going to find, he's got to bring Michael. What's Michael? Michael's the greatest backup you can have because Michael is the head of the angel armies. He's the general of all the angel armies. So think of it that way. And then you have Raphael, the Bible mentions also in the scriptures. These are archangels, warring angels from God. These are not... You know, we think of sometimes angels as these kind of weak, effeminate, you know, sandal-wearing, almost kind of robe-wearing things with great big wings. Uh, that, that's, not, that's not the case. If you look at these angels, they would be fierce. They would, be, they would look like commanders. They would have that look in their eye. Uh, I don't know if they would have battle scars, but I can imagine they'd have something because they go into warfare constantly, and usually it's over the affairs of man in the earth. Um, number nine are common angels. You see them throughout the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation. I'm sure they don't like me calling them common, but that's the best word I can give. We just call them angels, regular angels. These angels act as our personal guardians. The Bible says you were born with one. You have an angel that's with you. They deliver prayers to God, and God answers prayers and messages uh, to us. They have the task of nurturing, counseling, and healing us. And they're very, very powerful. They work in throughout. There could be an angel right here sitting right next to you. You say, well, that's a visitor here today. Maybe it's an angel. You don't know. It could very well be. So, so the word angel actually comes from the Greek word agilus. And it means this. It means messenger. It just simply means messenger. Uh, angels are mentioned at least 108 times in the Old Testament, 165 times in the New Testament. The scripture speaks about the creation of angels. Therefore, it is clear that they have not existed from all eternity. There was a beginning point with them, but there's no beginning point in God. The time of their creation is never specified, 
but it's most probable that it occurred in connection with the creation of the heavens in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. It may be that God created the angels immediately after he had created the heavens and before he created the earth. It says in Job 38, verse 4 through 7, the sons of God shouted for joy. The angels of God shouted for joy when he laid the foundations of the earth. So they were there from the beginning of the creation of man and the earth. Um, While scriptures give no definite uh, figures, we are told that the numbers of angels are very, very great. Um, In my mind, they would be in the billions plus times billions. And I believe that. Um, It appears that all angels were created at one time. No new angels are being added to the number that that the Bible speaks of. Angels are not subject to death or any form of extinction. Therefore, they do not decrease in number. It seems reasonable to conclude that there are at least as many spirit beings in existence as there will be human beings in all of their history on earth. That's a whole lot. And Jesus was on the cross. He said, I can call down legions of angels to assist me. He had power to do so. And he said, as I am, so are you in this earth. Be unto you according to your faith. So we have potential of having thousands of angels at our disposal. Now remember, they're servants of God. They're servants of man, but they're servants of God first. They don't obey you. They obey the word of the Lord. So when we declare or we speak or we pray or prophesy the word of God, we can send our angels and they will have to go forth. They go forth not because they have to, but because they want to. They're inspired to do it. They're created to do this. And so remember, they're not at your leisure, but you can still call them down by by speaking forth the word of the Lord. Um, Angels are essentially ministering spirits we find in Hebrews chapter one and do not have physical bodies like humans do. Jesus declared that, that a spirit has not flesh and, and bones in Luke chapter 24, as you see me have. But the Bible does, however, make it clear that angels can only be in one place at a time. They must have some localized presence, okay? They're not omnipresent like God is. We still talk to God. We're not talking to angels. We're talking to God. Amen, somebody. Nowhere in scripture did Jesus say, I came to let you know that you have power and authority and now you have rights to speak to your angels. That's not what he said. He said, when I, he said because I've come, you now have access to the Father. You pray to the Father in my name and whatever you pray, it shall be done. What, what's happening here, angels are assisting what we're praying by the word of the Lord. Amen. Angels can take uh, on the appearance of men when the occasion demands. Um, um, on the other hand, their appearance is sometimes dazzling white, the Bible says, or like a blazing glory. I've not seen that. I've not had that privilege of seeing something like that, only in a vision or a dream, but never in person. So what do angels look like? Since, since angels are spirits rather than physical beings, they don't have to be visible at all. That's why I said, by faith, I didn't see them, but I said, by faith, there are angels in this room because the Bible says so. God is in this room. I don't see him but I know he's here, amen. But when I begin to move in faith, that's when I begin to see manifestations begin to take place. And I don't have to be crazy radical about it. I don't have to force myself to see anything. When God allows me to see, I will see, amen. In fact, I've been up here preaching. I've had people come to me and tell me, I saw you preaching. There's one angel on your left, one angel on your right. I've had that many, many times because there is. Sometimes God will allow that to take place. They're here right now. They're sitting next to you. Maybe they're 
sit in the air because they can do what they want to do. They're invisible. But the fact of the matter is they do exist. They are here. There's been car crashes you've seen or have heard of and you don't realize it, but people were only alive because their angel was there and that caused them to spare their lives. Somebody say amen. I've seen car crashes. I thought, what in the world? Somebody's praying for that boy. I remember seeing a car crash back in the early 90s. It was a ch- uh, high-speed chase in LA and they were showing it from a, a camera from up, up on top of uh, their helicopter they're following this. It was a red Corvette, and it, they're hitting, hitting like miles of 125, 145 miles on the, on, the, on the expressway. And they got cops following, but the cops are way behind him. And he is flying. Well, then he encounters traffic. He can't get out of traffic. Tra- all the lanes are full. He's trying to get around. He may have slowed down to about 100 miles an hour, but he was going 140. He slows down, uh, slows, tries, to get, tries to get around to the right. He can't all the way. Hits the back of a semi-trailer that's totally stopped. Hits it at over 100 miles an hour. That car, if you're only about Corvettes, it just, it just went everywhere car was in the air in pieces I mean every, the frame was here the, the, all, the, all the red was in the air the motor was going this way and that man you could see him was ejected from the car slid on his butt it was, he, probably, he probably flew about 50 feet slid on his butt on the side of the road for another 50 feet got up and dusted himself off and walked away I thought boy you're a criminal but your mother isn't somebody's praying for you only an angel, only God could do something like that. It was a miracle. And everybody was talking about it, of course. And I, want, I, I wanted to see, if anybody could find it on YouTube, send it to me. I really want to see that again. I can't find it. But it was amazing to see. Um, all right. Uh, another thing is, they, they don't have physical beings. They, they're, they're spiritual. And sometimes they're invisible. In fact, Elisha, Elisha, when he was, got up in the morning, he was being surrounded by all of his enemies. The armies of, of his enemies came to get him, the Syrian army. And, and of course, his servant got up and was fearful, and, but Elijah wasn't. And he said to him, Elisha, I should say, he wasn't. And he said, uh, well, why aren't you afraid? He goes, Lord, open his eyes that he may see what you've shown me this day. God opens his eyes and he sees the angelic host that's surrounding them, that becomes a wall of protection, a hedge of protection around them. And all of a sudden what happens? Courage, confidence comes because they know there's no way that natural army can defeat this fierce spiritual army this day. But they were there the whole time. The servant just couldn't see it. Uh, Abraham was visited by three heavenly messengers. Um, when angels do appear, they generally appear in the form of men. In Genesis 18, Abraham welcomed three angelic guests who appeared at first to be nothing more than some travelers. And the Bible says he went and made them some food so they actually could eat. Um, and uh, he had, he had um, a, a uh, dialogue with them. And then he, they begin to warn him about Sodom and Gomorrah to get ready to get out of there. Sometimes an angel appears to be a man um, with unusual features. We see that in the scriptures as well. They look, they look different. There's something about them. Daniel saw an angel with arms, legs, resembling polished metal and precious stones and a face like lightning. I realized that was a vision, but again, showing that angels can look a little bit different. Have you ever been in some sort of situation that you got done with a person and you went, hmm, I wonder if that was an angel? Why? They, there was something different about them. Couldn't quite put your finger on it. And maybe you didn't quite realize it until you walked away and it was like, wow, something else is going on here. I have. I've had those experiences. And it might not have been, but it could have been an angel that was unaware. Daniel saw an angel with arms, like I said, that obviously didn't resemble like a, they were 
arms like a human, but we're different from uh, human form. The angel that rolled back the stone from Jesus' tomb was radiating light, the Bible says. He was there in the presence of God when Jesus, why did he radiate light? Because he was there when Jesus was resurrected from the dead, Matthew chapter eight, Luke chapter 24. The book of Revelation describes someone, highly unusual beings who may be a variety of angels in the book of Revelation, chapter four. Most references to angels in the Bible say nothing about wings. And in the passage like Genesis 18 and 19, it is certain that they have no wings that were visible. They were just like human beings. And by the way, angels never die. They're eternal creatures. I'm gonna say this to you. You'll never die. The body will, but you are spirit. The real you is a spirit that's housed in a body. You are spiritual beings having a natural experience, but the day come you will shed this body and you'll step into that realm, into that dimension, if you will, and you will have an eternity with whether God, or if you've received his son, but if you've not received his son, uh, the Bible says that you will be damned to hell, which is another dimension. It's not natural. So they say, well, you know, I was uh, the Antarctic and I, they opened the earth and uh, you could hear screams from hell. Highly doubt that. Why? Because it's not a natural thing. It's a spiritual thing that goes to the spirits, not to the natural, okay? Um, angels deliver a divine message. They are strong, uh, stronger than men, um, but they're not omnipotent. They're stronger than men in the sense that we see them walk with Peter. When Peter's letting out of jail, they open the doors and they lift up gates and they're just... They're, they're beasts, they're, and, and sometimes they don't touch anything. Doors just open for them, and this is what they do. They're greater than men in knowledge, but they're not omniscient, and they're more noble than men, but they're not omnipresent. Angels do not marry or reproduce like humans. Angels are, are a, a company of association or association, not a race descended from a, a common ancestor. We are called sons of men, but angels are never called sons of angels. There's no rep reproduction. Um, all, are all angels good? I'd like to say yes, but the Bible says no. Not all angels are good. In fact, the book of Hebrews warns us that if you see some angel that preaches any other gospel than which we have preached, you are to, you are to walk away because they're not of God. Even though they might be an angel, a spiritual entity or being, that their Bible says that Satan is like an angel of light. He's incredible. At distraction, he's incredible at smoke and mirrors. He's incredible at deception. He's highly uh, 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 carries a spirit that's very uh, highly temptable. So, in other words, people get tempted by him very easily. He knows what people want. He dangles that carrot. Um, this is what he does. He's very good at it, and it will look like a good thing. That's why you always measure everything with the Word of God. What does God say about the situation? Not what you think is God. Now, I want to preach. Today's a day of teaching. I mean, you caught me today and you're not here, normally here. This is not what I normally do. This is not my normal thing. Everybody will tell you that. I'm a preacher is what I do. But I wanted to give this to you and I can't do it without teaching. But I'd like to preach right about here. Because this is where people make the mistakes. They get tantalized by stuff on the internet. And they get themselves in all kinds of trouble because it looked good, sounded good, but they're playing on your desires and passions. Amen. And therefore, sometimes you think God's just boring. No, God's not boring. That's another lie of the devil. But your flesh does not like discipline. And yes, God will discipline your flesh. Amen, y'all. Okay, so, so we got to get back to the B-I-B-L-E. We got to get back to what the Word of God says. 
and everything in there is permissible when it comes to God's people. Some things God says, absolutely no. Well, why? I don't have to give you a reason why. When your children ask you uh, things that are, uh, that, that they, and you say, no, don't do this or that, and you say, and they say, well, why? You know their little brains cannot understand the complications of what you're about to say. So you just say, because I said so. You're teaching your kids that they've got to understand. Trust me, I'm your father, I'm your mother. And therefore, you got to trust that I know what's best for you. The day will come after I train you that you'll make your own decisions. Until then, you got to trust me. No difference with the father. He'll say things sometimes that you don't like and you'll be asking a thousand whys and he doesn't have to give you a reason because when he gave you the reason for it, it'll be so complicated, you won't understand it. So you have to trust that he knows what's up. Just like the air traffic controller across the street over here at the airport, right? He's, the, the, the pilots have to trust him that he knows how high to fly, how fast to go, where, where the weather is, where the other planes are. He, they can't see that. Their job, yes, is important. Yes, they drive that plane, but they have authority in their life that says, only go this high, only go this speed. Why? They know that danger is coming. Okay, that's pretty good preaching right there. So the Bible classifies some angels as elect um, or holy. Uh, all angels were originally holy, enjoying the presence of God until we see that the, the time where um, uh, Lucifer falls from heaven. He is, uh, uh, he is uh, the, the Bible said, the anointed cherub that covered the throne of God. He had a responsibility. And then he one day decides to take that upon himself. And look, he said, look at all these angels. Every time I get before uh, God's throne, they all fall down and worship me. No, honey, they weren't worshiping you. They fell down, but they didn't fall down because of you. They fell down because of the Father. But the Lord shared his glory and reflected the image of God from Lucifer to the, he's, oh, God was sharing this. By the way, the last time we see God ever sharing his glory is during that point. He won't even share it with you and you're his greatest creation. Man, this is a good preaching right here. Hallelujah. Other angels oppose God under the leadership of Satan. Um, we often call them demons in the word of God. They're called demon, demonic. Um, there's actually... Uh, a great unseen conflict that, rage, that rages and goes beyond anything we can imagine. It's going on right now in the heavenlies. There's a war in the heavenlies that's happening between angels and demonic forces in the second heaven over the affairs of mankind. And right now there is a massive war going on in the earth. We've never seen anything like this before. The confusion is out of control. Nobody knows who to believe anymore. Everybody's a liar. Everybody's assimilated. Everybody's weird. I mean, there's stuff happening. I mean, and, and to the point where we just, we don't even want to hear it no more. And yet it's still going on around us. God who creates all beings is still in charge. And once he has used wicked angels to accomplish his purposes, he will bring them to a final defeat. Never get it twisted. Even though it looks like mass confusion, God's still in control and we must trust him at the end of the day that he wins, therefore we win. Somebody say amen. How many believe there's angels? How many believe you have them in your life, on your job, at your house? And they're responsible to take care of you, to help you, amen. And to convert the things that are in heaven we pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. No problem with the will of God in heaven. Problem is getting the will of God performed and done on earth. And they come to assist that so that we're able to carry out those things 
uh, in his plan. Everybody just take a moment, if you would, and bow your head and close your eyes. If you're here today and you're without Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I'm a little over my time, but let me just say this to you. He loves you so very much. He's here today, his presence, and he will heal. Yes, like we talked about a moment ago, he will deliver, absolutely. But he will save. He will save from the guttermost to the uttermost. He'll help you. He'll give you a brand new life. You need Jesus Christ in your life. If you want to escape hell and be on your way to heaven, there's only one way for Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. If that's you today, I want you to open your heart. Then I want you to open your mouth. For the heart one believes in the salvation, but with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. If that's you, I want you to open your heart and say these words after me. In fact, I'd like the whole church to say it so people will not have to be alone today. Say, dear Lord Jesus, today I ask, be the Lord of my life. Forgive me of my sin. I truly believe that you're the son of God, that you died in my place, and that God himself raised you from the dead. Today I'm asking, come and live in me. Be the Lord of my life. From this moment forward, I'm yours, you're mine, I'm saved. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. <laughs> Hallelujah. He's a savior. Somebody say amen. Y'all enjoy that? Okay, so we're going, to be, we're going to be praying, and we pray through these weeks to come up into Pentecost, especially just know, be on, the, be on the lookout. You might entertain an angel unaware. We might see, you might see one before Pentecost. Who knows? I don't know. But all I know, I felt led to teach you a little bit about angels. Of course, there's so, so much more, but I think there's a great start for, for this year. Amen? I love you so very much. Everybody stand to your feet if you would. He's been good to us today. People have been touched. If you got touched in your body, I want to know about it. Please contact me this week so we can share your testimony. I have an incredible testimony of what God did with somebody, uh, but I'm going to leave it for next week. You can hear about that then. Um, God's moving. God's doing. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, Father, go with us today in peace, we pray. Your protection upon us, Lord God, as we leave, bring us back safe and sound next week. In Jesus' precious name, everybody said amen.